This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. How do they get in touch with your company from there? You work so hard to get somebody to your YouTube channel in the first place. Don't yeah. distract them to a short form platform. Like They're going to get sucked up in some cat video, right? And they're not <laughs> going to be looking at real estate or whatever your business may be. Yeah. Have, a, have a call to action there. That's where we would have book a call with us. Welcome back to the show, guys. Digital Social Hour. I'm your host, as always, Sean Kelly. Got with me a beast today for you guys. I got Levi Lassick in the building. Thanks for having me, Sean. Appreciate it. Thanks for coming. How's it going? It's going great. Yeah, you just spoke out of real estate conference, right? Yeah, we're here for Inman Conference. I'm here with my business partner, Travis, and our videographer, Alex. Nice. Man, you've built a real estate empire, a YouTube empire. I don't even know where to start with you, but I guess with the YouTube, right? Yeah, two and a half years. Yeah, so happened so fast. Yeah. So I was in financial services before I used to work with teachers on retirement planning. Mm -hmm. And so I would go and meet them at schools. And so I had contracts with all of Dallas ISD, very lucrative business. Cause once you get approved as an investment provider for the school, then you basically would have access to all the teachers. You know, there's 25,000 employees at Dallas ISD. Wow. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very tight knit pool there. So I got the opportunity to work with them, built that business up over five years. And then 2020 came, mm -hmm. you know, the world shuts down, yeah. schools shut down, you know, and had just no idea if schools or the world was ever going to open up again. Mm. So at that time, I found myself at 41 years old asking myself, well, how do I start over without starting over? Mm. What, what, what am I going to move into? I'm not going to get a job because I was, I was anti-job, right? right? Once you own a business, you, don't, you never want to go back to that. Plus, there was 30 million layoffs uh, at that time. So that's not going to happen. And then what business could you get into or move into or start in the middle of that type of situation? Mm. So it just came with a lot of soul searching and research uh, to try to figure out what my next step was. Now, I've got a lot of friends in real estate. There's very successful real estate agents. But the funny thing was, is I never really wanted to be a real estate agent. So, yeah. you know, I always just saw them as the type of person that has to go out and shake hands and kiss babies and, <laughs> you know, build those relationships in the community and nothing wrong with that at all. It just wasn't something I was interested in doing. So yeah. I, I've been in sales for 20 plus years and really the thought of just starting over, especially having to prospect and build a client base and mm -hmm. just work through those types of scenarios really kind of scared me to death. So yeah. I, I just took time during the summer instead of uh, watching Tiger King like everybody else did. <laughs> I, I did a lot of research to figure out what is my next move. And I had this word attraction stuck in my head. I was just thinking, is there a way to attract clients versus uh, 
I had always pursued, always prospected, always actively prospected, you know, just mm. constantly went after people in a good way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so and that's very successful. Uh you can be successful at that. But it also comes with a lot of rejection. It takes up a lot of your time. And if you ever want to scale that, you know, you're gonna have to get someone as good as you or multiple people that are nearly as good as you to do that. Mm -hmm. So I just was looking for a different way. And my friends kept talking to me about real estate. And I was just kind of like, I don't want to be an agent, but maybe I'll do some investment. I'd done some part-time investment here and there, yeah. but just uh, not uh, anything to for a full-time income. So I started to buy some investment courses over that summer and read them. But what I learned from those investment courses is you got to do the same thing basically as real estate agents, right? You have to cold call and door knock and figure out some sort of marketing campaign. And you got to yeah. figure out ways to get in front of potential sellers and things like that. And I was like, okay, I don't know if I want to go down that route. So for there, um, I just thought, well, if I'm going to attract business, especially with the way 2020 was playing out, there wasn't a lot of networking events. Now we live in Texas, so Texas was really kind of open a lot sooner yeah. uh, than most places, but still events, networking events, things like that wasn't really happening. So this was my play to move into social media because I figured that was going to be the way to attract business. Mm -hmm. But I was also kind of anti-social at that point, yeah. anti-social media, because I was 41. Uh, I'm like a lot of 40 year olds and above at that time, at that time frame, which is, you know, we got this love hate relationship with right. social media. And I had never really built a following there. I had accounts just because friends and family had accounts. Mm -hmm. And I was just one of those people. I, I always thought people were just bragging and posting their lunch, yep. you know, watching silly cat <laughs> videos. Yeah. So I looked at it from the consumer side versus the producer side. So whenever I was decided to make that move and, and think about social media, I was I, I knew I needed to learn it from a producer side. I knew a lot of people, you see the 20 and the 30 year olds making some good money. Yeah. Uh, people of all ages now making good money on social media. So I knew there was something there, but you have to understand the platform. And so that's what I really started to dig in. But I wanted to focus on one platform because I didn't wanna make the mistake of trying to be on every single platform at once. Yeah. I think that's completely overwhelming. And what happens is you end up putting a 20% effort into five different platforms. Right. And that's usually the first piece of advice people get these days from somebody is they'll say, look, oh, you opened your business, congratulations. Make sure you open every social yeah. media account yeah. and have an account with everybody. And they get overwhelmed. They never truly understand one. So I wanted to figure out which platform would be the best route and could we attract business and so uh, YouTube was really the last choice. Uh, it was funny because not a lot of people were talking about YouTube either. But once I figured out YouTube is a search engine, not mm -hmm. a social media platform, then it made me realize that maybe I could create content around things that people were searching, mm -hmm. especially around Dallas. I wasn't an expert real estate agent. Mm -hmm. You know, I hadn't even sold a home. So it was like, how am I going to make social content? especially on these short form platforms that is going to provide value or without feeling fake or having imposter syndrome. Yeah. So, but you know, making content about Dallas areas or neighborhoods or things to do because I've lived there for the last 20 years, that seemed a lot more natural. And what I found was that people are actually researching that a lot more than they are, uh, how do I buy a house? You know, they're not really look, they're, they're thinking about making that move in the area and they want to learn about the areas, the schools, you know, the community, what's to, uh, what's to do around there, those types of things. And I knew all of that. Yeah. So I was like, well, if I can start educating people on the areas or living in or around Dallas, maybe we, I can attract some people that way. And that's how it all kind of started. And so once I decided on YouTube, I spent a couple of months just studying the platform mm -hmm. as a whole because I wanted to understand the platform first and then see how I could apply it to real estate. And so from there, 
Um, you know, and then I met up with my business partner, Travis at that time. And, and when he came in, uh, to the picture there, the channel was just up and running, started to get some phone calls come in. And then we, all of a sudden people started calling us every day from the Amazing. channel. Yeah. And so, uh, from there that led us to, uh, close our first two deals in April of 2021. Wow. And we started the channel December 5th of 2020. That was the first video wow. that came out. Four so, months. Yep. So four months to get the first deal under, or actually about 90 days to get the first deal under contract, but four months to close the first two, correct. But by the end of 2021, our first full year in real estate, we had closed over a million, just at a million seven thousand in commission. Yeah, we sold 64 homes. Just yeah. off YouTube? Just off of YouTube, that's all we did. Zero marketing as well, because it was zero ad spend. And then 2022 happened, we ended up generating uh, three times the amount of leads. We almost generated 2,000 leads. And that got us 156 closed transactions. So that was about 2.3 million in commissions um, from real estate sales. And then this year so far, halfway through in June of 2023, we're over 30 million already. In and this is in, all in Dallas? Yeah, just out, hyper local real estate in Dallas, Texas. Yeah. So you don't ever want to branch out? Well, we do in certain ways. I mean, we, you know, we have a program and we help other agents do that. So that's kind of what we're doing. Instead of expanding, I would say offices. Uh, I mean, that that ha comes with a lot of logistics, uh, real estate offices, right. you know. So if you want to expand that uh, and also licenses and things like that in other states. So I don't think we're there. And we've got a pretty unique opportunity with our brokerage, mm -hmm. uh, which we're brokered through a company called EXP. So that allows yeah. us to really kind of expand and grow a team uh, across the world because they're in about 24 countries and we're able to help them build out their own YouTube channels. So it's a lot more lucrative for us and we're able to help more people without all the overhead or opening up offices. Wow, that's fascinating. So walk me through the funnel. You upload the YouTube video. How do they get in touch with your company from there? Yeah, we have a call to action. So uh, we have calls to action in the video. So usually two, maybe three on there. Uh, we have calls to action in the channel. So if you it just changed this morning, or at least I just noticed the change this morning. There used to be a link on the channel banner. Mm -hmm. You know, on the channel banner, uh, you could link all your socials. Yeah, yeah. That's where most people link all their socials. For us, we would never do that because if you work so hard to get somebody to your YouTube channel in the first place, don't yeah. distract them to a short form platform like Instagram or TikTok. Okay. Or Facebook, you know, have a have a call to action there. That's where we would have book a call with us. And we tell them directly, you know, hey, let's meet in person on Zoom. It's our number one clicked link on the channel. Wow. So that's where people are going in that channel banner. So if you have just social media uh, profiles there, you're just taking them off YouTube. And YouTube's number one goal is time on platform. Mm -hmm. So you're basically distracting people from your own YouTube channel, therefore hurting your own watch time and ability. And you know, as soon as they go on one of those short form platforms, they're gonna get sucked up in some cat video, right? And they're not gonna be looking at real estate or whatever your business may be. Yeah. So having, uh, now they just moved that literally, at least I noticed it this morning. So now it's no longer on the banner, it's right at the very top under your channel name. Interesting. There's a link. So that link should be your number one call to action right there. So that anytime somebody lands on your channel, they see that directly. Mm -hmm. Now from there, we have calls to action in every description. So if anybody opens, opens up the description of the channel or the individual video, it's, it's in there phone number, uh, email and zoom link. So, you know, we understand that people communicate in different types of styles. Mm -hmm. So the readers and writers, they'll typ typically text or email us. The people that are auditory will call us 
And, you know, the, the more kinesthetic type people will book a Zoom with us, right? Because they kind of want to know we're real yeah. at, that, at, at that point. So, and then we have calls to action in the video, throughout the video. So uh, all, those, all those just add up to be able to make it easy as possible. Then when we post a video, we'll post uh, the contact information and pin it as a comment. Okay. Because if somebody's watching a YouTube video, they may never open up the description, but that first comment will be right there. They don't comment, have to right. scroll anywhere yet. And so there's, there's several different ways you can do that. And that's just a few. Um, we talk about several in the book, of course, and it's just a way to, to know that you have to set up, you know, easy access, uh, the, you know, the least resistance possible for Mm -hmm. somebody to get in contact with you, with you. But again, what's your goal of that channel? Our only goal was to make the phone ring period. Mm -hmm. That was it. So we weren't worried about views or subscribers. I mean, they do help, but at the same time, uh, when we, in that first year, when we closed a million dollars, we had 7,000 subscribers, wow. you know? And so most people are thinking that they've got to get to a hundred thousand or a million subscribers to be successful on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And it, it depends on what you're selling. Uh, we've been described as like a super affiliate for real estate, you yeah. know, which is technically kind of what I am because like, I don't even deal with the deals. I yeah. don't, I don't work with the clients. I don't go, I don't answer the phone calls. I don't show the homes. I don't open doors. I don't write the contracts. Um, Travis does a lot of that, you know, but he doesn't have to make videos or he doesn't have to worry about making videos. He can help the clients. I can make the content. And so it's a good synergy. And then if uh, whatever he can't handle goes to our team members and the team members take over from there. I love that because people stress over those subscribers and the views, but I only have like 35K and this pod's bringing in a lot of money. So like, I really like what you said about that. Yeah, so absolutely. How- if you got a way to monetize or, or monetize off platform, that's always going to be your number one income opportunity. Yeah. I mean, if you're waiting on for a video to go viral or to get paid off of views, uh, that's going to be a very, very long time. Oh, you know, yeah. you, you've got to be uh, think media style, <laughs> you know, views and everything that they've got going on there. So, it, it, but if you're in real estate, if you're in the car business, if you sell cars, if you sell insurance, you sell investments, I mean, whatever the case may be, you should be educating people on YouTube. I mean, imagine what is, you know, er, the, the everyone always makes the joke about uh, car salesmen, right? Yeah. Like the cheesy or the used car salesman. Why is that? They feel like every time they go to a dealership, they're just trying to be sold something. Whereas if you were creating videos about your, the new models or the new features or the benefits mm-hmm. or uh, this car versus that car or why this new car is better or even why this one isn't that great. Mm-hmm. You know, give honest opinions. You make those videos. People will walk into your dealership every single day. Maybe not every day, but they'll walk in there and they'll say, hey, Sean, love your video. You yeah. know, I saw that car, man. I've got it. You know, can we look at it? I got I got to see it. I mean, that's a different way of doing business. That's why that's why we called the book Passive Prospecting is because what you're doing is you're creating content, mm-hmm. educating people, providing value up front. Yeah. And this is where most people think that this takes too much time, but YouTube doesn't take time. It makes you time. For sure. And not only does it make you time, it compounds your time. Mm. So 30 minutes, if it takes me 30 minutes to make one video, that's where most people say, well, I don't have time to do that. And I'm saying, well, if you don't have time, that's exactly why you should do it. Because <laughs> if you don't have time for 30 minutes, then uh, you're not leveraged well enough. Right. But if you that 30 minutes can turn into, we use these examples in the book, is that um, one, one video has watched 12,000 watch hours. So that 30 minutes that I invested of my time has given me back 12,000 hours. Wow. Well, you divide that by 24 hours in a day, that's equivalent to about 1.34 years. 
So my 30 minute investment in that video has provided almost 1.34 years worth of prospecting back to me. Been watched that amount of time. Yeah. And you think about it, if you look at our channel um, last year, it was watched 104,600 watch hours. That divided by 24 hours in a day is equivalent to almost 12 years of prospecting. Whoa. So our YouTube channel prospected 12 years in a one-year time frame in the terms of real estate business. So that's why we're able to do the, do the volume that we're able to do and the amount of business is because the prospecting and the lead generation is mm -hmm. not dependent upon me, right? And, and I can be here on a podcast, I can be at a conference and it doesn't matter because people are still watching the channel. Yeah. So, you know, business owners get accused a lot uh, by family members sometimes of not being present, you know, even on uh, when they're at home or on the weekends or when they go on vacation. Yeah. And why is that? Because the business business owner is typically worried about what they're not doing in their business. I'm away from it. So I'm not moving the business forward. I'm not lead generating. That's where that concern comes from. That's why they're always thinking about work. Mm. But for us, we're not worried about it because we've got 375 videos now on a channel and that was just slow steady uh you know content two to three videos every single week that adds up mm -hmm. and now that's a, that's 375 videos on the channel prospecting for us in a in a huge compounding factor that's massive. so it's a big return of your time yeah yeah and it seems like it's a low risk too because you're not spending that much on videos right nothing yeah i mean now, I never had a marketing budget um, because we've never spent ads on the videos, yeah. but I had an editing budget. Right. So I, I'm not an editor. I didn't want to be, had no interest in doing yeah, that. Yeah. It's very difficult. You don't have to be an editor to be on YouTube. And I think that's where a lot of people uh, you know, push YouTube to the back as the last choice because I think they think as the creator, they right. have to be the editor. It's they an have extra to, step. Yeah, and that's just not the case. Now, if you don't have any money and you're starting out, then you might want to learn some editing and yep. you could absolutely do YouTube for free. And you have to understand SEO, search engine optimization, keywords, those types of things. That's the back end of Google, of YouTube because Google owns YouTube, mm -hmm. you know, so their search goes hand in hand. So when you're creating that content as well, that's what's actually going to push it out there and help you be found sooner rather than later. Yeah. How did you find a good editing team for your videos? Cause people struggle uh, with that. Yeah. So, uh, I originally found my editor on Fiverr. Oh yeah. Yep. Wow. And it's that funny. Worked out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, that's a, that's a funny thing. So she, Chrissy, she's, she's awesome. She's a huge part of our team now. And I found her on Fiverr about five years ago. And you know, on Fiverr, you go on there and sometimes, and they have, um, you know, they have Americans on their thumbnails, yeah, but yeah. they're not, you know, the, clearly it's from overseas or something like yeah. that. But you know, she had herself on a thumbnail and her prices were pretty reasonable. I thought they were, she was way underpriced. And so, you know, I reached out to her and found out she lives in Georgia. So, okay, that's cool. But so I just had her doing some work for me and, and she's like the Jill of all trades. Anytime I asked her, can you do something? She always said, Oh, I can do that. You know, can you write a blog? Yeah. Can you do copy? Yes. Can you build a website? Mm -hmm. Yes. Can you edit a video? Yeah, I can do that. Nice. So she could always do everything. So whenever I started out, um, she was editing my videos for me. Uh, and we'd already been working together for a couple of years. So it was a, it was a natural, now she's with us full time and she's actually even part owner in one of our companies now because, um, so she went from Fiverr to, you know, part owner in one of our companies. Wow. Uh, and Works so, yeah, that's the, that's the opportunity, but she's super cool. And now she runs the, our editing agency. That's one of our companies. So we started, um, from real estate that led us into, you know, uh, creating the passive prospecting program, which is really 
for any small business owner that wants to improve their, you know, grow their business on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And then what happened was, is everybody would get through the course and the program, and then they would get stuck trying yeah. to find editors, you know? And so we just built out, we built that out as a, as a necessity for those people that they have the option now. It's not required, mm -hmm. uh, but they have the option if they want to work with our team, then our team is, it's a done for you service. So therefore, if they can just create the content, we'll do everything else, editing, optimization, SEO, mm -hmm. thumbnails, tags, titles, descriptions, and even upload it to YouTube for them. So nice. it's a full turnkey service. Yeah, you fixed their problem. Yeah. You're a huge advocate for the city of Dallas. Yeah. Do they pay you? <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't. I think you deserve some money from them. Uh, hey, that would be nice, you know. <laughs> but we we make quite a bit off of real estate, so right. you know. And that somebody asked me about sponsorships the other day, and I'm just you know. And I told them, I said, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not trying to make a thousand dollars, you know, on a video for a for a sponsorship. It's so or minimal yeah. compared to yeah. And I don't know if I want to clog my content up. I, yeah. I'd rather advertise what we have to offer, you know. And yeah. so if we can we can push our products through. Uh, which we don't really do that. I mean, we've got a couple of things in the description, but yeah. but mainly it helps them like uh, tax relief and uh, property taxes and and things like that. But other than that, I just haven't found a good sponsor that it's really worth the money to to do that. Yeah, I have the same belief. I mean, the money you'll make from sponsors and ad revenue is so minimal compared yeah. to like your own offerings. It, like it's not even worth entertaining most right. of them. Yeah. So where do you see this going? You said you're on pace for 30 mil this year? No, we've already passed that. Oh, you passed yeah, that? Yeah, and that's a little off pace, uh, behind pace from last year. Okay. But interest rates are 7% right now. I mean, uh, I think that's pretty good in this market. Very so, good. Yeah, on the YouTube side, I mean, we could hit around 60, 65 million unless if rates drop anything. We know that we've got, you know, 100 people on the sideline that yeah. are waiting rates for rates to come I'm down. I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, half a percent. I mean, you know, we try to encourage people that, you know, go ahead and make a move and, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll work on it some other way. I mean, home prices are still going up right now. So in Dallas, they are. Oh, yeah. For I sure. feel like they're, yeah, it depends on the area, but I think they're dropping a little bit here now. Yeah. Well, they're, they'll drop right now from the peak of summer. Yeah. But what you have to really understand is that uh, this is a lot what you'll see on YouTube right now is, oh, home prices are crashing 10, yeah, yeah. 20%. Well, they might be dropping 10 or 20% from summer. But if you look at real estate over the last 20 years, it's exactly, it, it goes like this. Right. It, it always peaks in the summer. It declines, you know, in the fall and winter. And then it starts to tick up in January through summer mm, again. Interesting. And it, but on those declines from uh, in the fall and winter, it usually stops higher than the price last year. Right. So, so if you want to buy, usually this time uh, after summer between now and, and January is usually the good time. But you're probably still paying uh, more than you would have last year at this time. Interesting. But you're paying less than what most people pay during the summer. But it's like this every single year. And if you look at Dallas, very consistent even through 2008, 2009. Mm. And that's where most people are familiar that went through that whole, uh, you know, the real estate crash at that time. Yeah. Uh, there, you know, where Miami and LA and New York and some of these uh, places, Las Vegas, that mm -hmm. saw like 50% drops. Uh, it just wasn't really the case in Dallas. Yeah. It, was, it still kind of stayed steady, Eddie. It's been a very even market, so to speak. I mean, during the last two years, it definitely had its spikes that was completely out of range, but home prices are settling above even, you know, where they were before. So, you know, right now is it probably a good window? Yeah. 
And because of, if interest rates drop, there's going to be a lot of people coming back into the market. For and sure. whenever they do that, then you're probably going to see a lot of competition again, multiple offers, and may have to start overbidding to try to get a house you want. Yeah. So I think right now is a, they say, it, you know, according to inventory, it's still considered a seller's market, but I, I really believe it's, it's more of a buyer's market right now because sellers are willing to negotiate. Mm. Um, and, and you can get some concessions, you can get some deals. You, I mean, they'll, they'll work with you, you know, yeah. there. And so, um, you know, there's opportunity to take advantage of the market down the road as well. So I wouldn't be worried about getting locked in or if rates drop to six and a half, I mean, you could always refinance. I wouldn't count on that, but you know, even right now you can do buy down, uh, buy down rates and things like that. So, yeah. or you can buy down the rate for the next two years and then refinance, um, in the next two years if you want. So. There's a lot of things you can do. I know real estate usually goes up consistently over time. So Ever since it was yeah. invented, it's gone up. <laughs> I would say the sooner you can buy, the better. Yeah. And right now is probably a good window uh, nice. that I would I would look at. What What are your thoughts on like these pre foreclosure houses getting some of those? Because some of their interest rates are at three four percent. You think it's a good idea? Yeah, I mean, if you can uh, come across one, and if it's you know, depending on the shape it's in as well. So yeah. if you don't mind a little project, normally a, a, a for well, if it's pre foreclosure, then maybe you know it could still be in shape. But you know, there's also ways you could take that off of somebody's hands um, right now through creative financing, right? Yeah, so, saw that. Yeah, so if you do something like subject to, then then yeah, you could take over that. You just got to find somebody that's in trouble, you know. Uh, and, or they don't have to be in trouble. It could be someone that just needs to move. I mean, military is a good example of that military. They guess what, guess what, if they get orders to go to their next duty station right now, they have to sell their house. And if they bought that house in the last year or two, they may not have the equity right there. So if they have to pay some, some fees, some closing costs, right. realtor fees, you know, they, they may have to come out of pocket, even if it's five, 10 or $15,000, a lot of people don't want to do that. Yeah. So, you know, if they, they don't want to lose that money, but if you say, Hey, I'll take over the payments and they've got a 3% interest rate. Absolutely. So if you can find those deals that you can, that, that just comes with a little bit more digging though. Yeah. So I'm, I'm researching them now cause I'm looking to get a house next year. How do you get the contact owner's phone number? Once you uh, have the address. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's services that you can, um, you can scrape data and then you can, uh, they call it skip tracing. So okay. you can, you know, you can pay usually per record. So if you have a hundred records, then you might pay, uh, I don't know, 50 cents or something or a dollar for per record. And, okay. and it runs it through just as, you know, technology these days, the systems in there and it'll pull people's yeah. phone numbers. Yeah. I just feel like it's a lot easier doing that than going the traditional route, having your credit pulled, your bank statements pulled, all that stuff. Yep. You could just do creative financing. Yeah. I mean, I think so. I mean, one of the, uh, one of the ways you, you get one of those services and if you, you can sort for like people that have been on the market, I mean, you could do this on Zillow. You could, yeah. you know, you could sort for homes that have been on the market over 90 days. Mm -hmm. And that's usually a good parameter where, um, that's where people may be more motivated to have that conversation. If you talk to somebody that just put their house on the market yesterday, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they may not entertain that option, right? But after 90, 100 days, 120, and it's still on the market, most listing agreements are typically six months. Mm. So if you see something going into month three, four, and five, then they're clearly motivated. Something hasn't happened. And uh, if they've got a good interest rate, then that could be an opportunity to take over payments. Nice. So what's next for you? Are you just going to focus all in on this or do you got anything else you're working on? 
Well, right now, I mean, we're working a lot on multifamily. So just something I realized over the last couple of years as well is we don't want to be uh, transactional retail real estate agents, you know, forever. Uh, there's a joke that says you'll never attend a real estate agent's retirement party. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we don't want to be the, 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 those type of people. So we're looking, uh, just invested in uh, almost 400 units, um, two wow. different properties. And, in Dallas? But, yeah, in Dallas. They, they're, they're both in Dallas. But I started that last year, my education process mm -hmm. on on starting to research multifamily, and especially after the tax bill comes in, it's like okay, we got to do something to to offset this. And you know, I just like the LP, the limited partner side of these deals, to where I don't have to be um, as involved or or involved at all. Mm -hmm. So if, as long as you find the right team and people to invest with, then then I think that would be uh, you know something you would want to explore and and you know offset your taxes get some depreciation yeah. and and uh you know of course make some distributions as well and then hopefully every three to five years you just rinse and repeat you know nice. so if you can find little deals throughout there then i think uh, it's something that i'm really excited about you know the next actually if i could just fast forward three years that would be pretty <laughs> awesome but but uh, i just imagine where we'll be in three years you know yeah and and uh best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago, right? Second best time is today. Mm. So the thing is, is that uh, you're never too late. I mean, I'm 43 now and it's just, you know, I, I've had to start over so many times in my life, um, three to be exact. This last one, yeah, 41 was, it was the most uh, devastating, I would say, you know, to be in that position when you find yourself and you're like, man, what, where, where have I gone wrong? You know, yeah. why, why am I in this position? But you have a choice at that point. You have a choice to either uh, let life win or beat you, or you have the choice to, you know, to, to beat it and go after it. And I just realized I wasn't done yet, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, cause I thought, man, should I just go find some Caribbean Island and, you know, serve tacos and beer, yeah. <laughs> just do the, uh, in a, in a hut, but I wasn't ready to give up just yet. And so, you know, I just searched and figure out a, a new way to, to do things. Mm -hmm. And, now this has completely changed our business, changed our lives for Travis as well. I mean, he was in the same situation. He had a really bad business partner uh, a couple of years ago and embezzled all his money and completely broke. He just had a new kid and, you know, he had to start over again. It's so, scary, man. Like when you're making money, you, you, you'd think it won't happen. Yeah. But everyone I've met that's successful has had to start over at least once. Oh yeah. So it's pretty wild. Even myself already. I, you know, I had a ton of money and last year I had to start over. Yeah. And it happens, you know, but yeah. you're starting over with all that experience, all that knowledge, everything yeah. in your back pocket. So I do believe it gives you uh, sort of the advantage on the next opportunity. And I yeah. think that's why we were able to scale this as well, because I'd also started my education on the marketing side, mm -hmm. you know, before I was, I was always the best salesperson. Right. Uh, but the thing was, is that was always dependent upon me. So whenever I went home at the end of the night, you know, no more selling was happening. Right. If I was off on the weekends, no, no selling was happening. I was, it, it was always dependent upon me. That's what I also realized, you know, my three resets was that I was the main focus of my business. And mm -hmm. so anytime I got removed or something, you know, removed me from that, that scenario, guess what? The business shuts down. Yeah. So if that's your situation, you don't have a business, you have a job. Mm -hmm. And so you have to look at who, um, who you can put into place, what systems and processes you can put in place that will keep everything running, whether you're there or not. Mm. And if you want lead generation to be that, you know, YouTube is a great strategy to create content and let that live out there for you. Do a lot of that heavy lifting. I'm not saying it has to be your only option, 
but it should be uh, it should be a very important part of your business. Right. Mm. Talk to me about the book before we wrap this up. Yeah, this is it. This is passive prospecting. And so dominate your market without cold calling, chasing clients or spending money on ads. And so we wrote this for the entrepreneur. They can take this book and really uh, we break it down in the first nine chapters, uh, the passive prospecting principles. So we want to change your mindset there a little bit and, mm -hmm. and explain why YouTube and passive prospecting is so powerful. Um, the first being like interruption versus intention based marketing. Most business owners uh, and people conduct their business through interruption marketing, which is everything, you know, mm -hmm. cold calling, door knocking, billboards, magazine ads, all of that. You know, you, you're interrupting people's every day. And usually you'll see the same commercial over and over and over again. If you watch a sporting event or if you even watch TV at all, you'll see sometimes the same commercials over and over again. And the reason they do that is because they're just trying to get that stuck in your head. You may not be in the market at that time. And, and real estate agents do this all the time, right? They're always trying to meet people to get them in their, you know, in their database, right? right? So they can build relationships with them. But that person may not be in the business or, or in the market for another two or three years. So that, in my opinion, that means you're kind of chasing somebody down for a long time. Well, here uh, with intention-based marketing, you know, through YouTube is that you create that video, somebody becomes intentional when it's time to buy or sell a house. Mm. And so instead of going after the people that you have no idea whether or not they're in the market, create the content for the people that are in the market, they're intentional, they're searching for that information, and whenever they start their search, you know, they find you in right. the first place. And so the first nine chapters, we break down not just that, but so many other principles to help you understand uh, the old ways versus the new way. And then the last half of the book, um, the passive prospecting process, we even break it down how you can do this in your own channel. Mm. So somebody will make a million dollars off this book because the, they can follow the guide in uh, in the last half of the book. Mm -hmm. And I think it's uh, very, very impactful. Love that. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Yeah, appreciate it. But thanks for watching, guys, and I'll see you next time.